Class is in session. Your most unconventional class. She talks all things, all subjects. It's the interdisciplinary podcast, hosted by your favorite doctor. This is what's the say with Doctor Kimbray. Welcome back, everybody. It has been an amazing break. I hope that you all missed me as much as I missed you. <laughs> Last season was heavy, though. It was strong, wasn't it? We came out heavy. We, we had one to 12 episodes for you guys, and we gave it to you. So if you like what we're doing, hit that subscribe button and click that notification bell for your weekly reminders. We try to keep it interesting every week. So leave a comment. Let us know how you feel, what you like, what we can do to make it better for you. It is already season two. It's getting a little cold outside and we are ready. We're kicking it off stronger than we kicked off season one. And I'm telling you why. So we're going to call this episode Conspiracy, Drugs and Prison. But philanthropy life after. It's going to be great. I, I got to bring on my guests right now because I want to quickly get y'all's attention to see what we're going to be talking about this strong and powerful conversation that we have for you today. So I have with me, Mr. It's not about a second chance. It's about a better chance with me today. And his name is Gemini Boyd. Gemini, how are you today? And welcome to the What's the Say with Dr. Kim Ray show. How is everything going for you? Oh, I'm blessed and thankful to be on the show this evening, this chilled evening. I'm thankful. So I appreciate the invite and I'm ready to just get down to it. Yeah. I, well, we're so happy to have you, Gemini. You know, we've been trying to get in touch with your team for a long time, although, you know, you and I are very good friends, but you're busy. <laughs> you're busy. And we're going to share some of the work that you're doing in Charlotte, North Carolina. That is, it's, it's expanding past the borders of Charlotte and North Carolina. It's, it's amazing work. So I want to share with my subscribers real quickly a little bit about you, Gemini. So Gemini was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, but Jim and I had what we're going to discuss today, an experience that many young people of color and males specifically run into uh, during their younger years and throughout maybe the rest of their adult life. You know, Jim and I was incarcerated for 20 years. And the amazing thing about this young man is that he is now a philanthropist, a counselor, a community leader. <laughs> He's an advocate, an activist. I mean, I could go on and on. You're a dad, a granddad. I mean, you just, you're busy out here in these streets. You were released from prison in 2016, Gemini. Tell us what happened and how you were sentenced to such a long, 20 long years. And how long did you actually, you did serve the 20 years, right? Or were you, were you sentenced to longer than 20 years, but you served 20? Or tell us a little bit about what happened? How did you end up in prison for so long? Well, for starters, before we get started on it, there's one thing that I would like to add to who I am and what I am. <laughs> and it seems to be being misspoken and misled and mistaken. But I want to let you know that I'm human. No. And that's what's, that's, what's, that's what's being left off in all these conversations is mm -hmm. that the human side of everything has been, it's my new. It doesn't yeah. exist. So we're able to forget about someone like Gemini Boy, who actually did 20 years. The time was a whole lot more, but I did 20 years on a drug conspiracy charge where I had 30 years for a uh, drug conspiracy and I had 20 years for a conspiracy to a firearm. Okay. And I 
and I served 20 years of that time. So I actually did 20 years in car, uh, incarceration, federal. I, I, I can't, I can't even look at you and say that you spent 20. You look like you're 20 years old right here. You sure you <laughs> went in prison for 20 years? I just don't you buy know, it. <laughs> I tell, I tell people all the time I got that Benjamin button. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, man. Yeah, I mean, and you know what's 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 a real blessing for you, even though you had to experience that, you were able to not only create another life before, but you created a granddaughter by way of your daughter. You were busy, but it's a good thing because when you came out, man, you had a whole a whole family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm going on 40 and I don't have my own family at all. So man, that's that's <laughs> mm-hmm. a blessing, brother. That's a blessing when you think about who you had to who was waiting for you when you got home. That that yeah, that's, well. that's awesome. And that's that's what's hurting a lot of our brothers and sisters right now mm-hmm. that are, that are coming home that are incarcerated. Yes, they don't have no one waiting on them to to help guide them through this situation. And that's what we're trying to do with my organization, Project Bolt. If you've been gone for a long period of time, man, and yeah. you're gonna be hurt. And then nowadays they're taking away the halfway houses, so mm-hmm. you don't really have nowhere to go. They that's just true. drop you off in the middle. of of uptown or where you from and just tell you to go ahead. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't. I'm sure that there are many of my subscribers that didn't know that. Wow. The work that I do, I didn't even know that. They're taking away a lot of the halfway house. Like up here in in Charlotte, we are probably the biggest city in North and South Carolina. We're probably the biggest city. Mm -hmm. And we probably got more people incarcerated than any other, other areas around surrounding Mm -hmm. areas around. And we don't even have a halfway house. Wow. So if somebody if somebody who just done five, 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, he don't have nowhere to go right now when they just say he can go home. Say if he don't have no family members, no nothing. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. It's terrible. What is that? To, what is that to leave you then? Right. Right. So tell us, Gemini, I want you to tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yes, it was a drug conspiracy, um, but you had some some other people involved, which in essence, was it like that, that you had a plea deal that you accepted or what no, happened? No, 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 what no, happened? No. Share with us. <laughs> well, we ain't take no pleas. Okay. <laughs> Me and my co-defendants, we went to trial. They tried to get us to testify and tell on people. And, you know, I, I knew what I was about when I was living that life. So I, that wasn't a part of me, period. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I knew what I was getting into. So I didn't know that I would have to do the magnitude of time that I'd done. Yeah, that's the only thing about that made this whole situation so tricky. Okay, because in my mind, when I was in the streets, I would think, okay, yeah, I go do five, four, mm-hmm. five years, and I'd be all right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was going to be facing the whole United States of America mm. against little against little old me. Right, you know, I didn't know right. it was going to be like that. So when mm-hmm. I was found guilty from 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 a jury, mm-hmm. and it wasn't of my peers, they mm-hmm. always say you under your uh, Sixth Amendment right. You should have the right to be tried by a jury or peers. That doesn't exist when you're a young black African American here okay. in this country. It mm-hmm. doesn't exist yeah. because enough enough of our people don't get out and vote. So if they don't get out and vote, they can't be on the juries to be a jury of my peers. Mm-hmm. My peers become white folks that are raised in different areas who don't understand where I come from and Absolutely. what I'm about. Sure. Who don't understand the lies when they come through the door and sit on the stand. Right. They think we all connected some kind of way. Sure. So. That's that's good. That's good um information. I like that. I want to ask you Gemini, what inspired you to be so different? 
And and I I don't mean any pun to my other returning citizens that are not doing the work that you're doing. But but Gemini, you really put a lot of passion and time, your energy. You even think about it from from a holistic approach. Like you like you just brought me down and you said, "Well, I'm a human." right? You thought about the hu- humanistic side of things. And, and, I, and I can respect that. And I appreciate that. But I want to know, like, when you were literally locked up for all that time, you had no idea that you were going to get out in 20 years, right? Because you had more time than that. But something happened. We elected Barack Obama for, pre- for president, and there was uh, some law changes. I want you to share with us a little bit about before that happened, Right. Because you're sitting in 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 your cell or, you know, in the prison and you think you're going to be in there for how long? How long were you sentenced to? I was sentenced to 30 and a 20, 50 years, 50 years. So you at that point in your life, I mean, you could have said, forget life, forget this. I'm just going to be in here for 50 years. By the time I get out, I'll be an old man. Oh, well, you know, so what while you were in there? inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to maybe read the law. Maybe I'm going to learn the law that maybe if there is some sort of change in leadership, like what did happen, you know, did you read the, like, what, what did you study? Like what made you, did you start being more biblical, religious or what happened? Well, what happened? I, I had a, I had a family and a daughter I had to get back home to. Mm, okay. So, you know, I, I couldn't sit in there every day claiming that I was going to be in there for the next 40, 30, 35 years. Yeah. I couldn't say that I was going to be in there that long. Because you were uh, how was, old when you, was it 18, 17? No, I was 22. 22. Okay. Okay. I was 22. Okay. I was 22 years old when I got locked up, but I wasn't, I wasn't the type of person that was just sitting in there every day, not doing nothing. Okay. You know what right. I'm saying? So I always, I was always busy. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to figure out ways for one, how was I going to get home? Yeah. Because the only days that really bothered me while I was incarcerated was the weekends. Okay. And I say, I say the weekends because those were two days I knew I would be locked up because the court systems were closed. Right. Monday through Friday, they were open. So every day, Monday through Friday, I believed that I was going home that day. Wow. Did you keep a calendar or did you just like, how did you stay sane all that time? And say, I see, <laughs> I see. I just give, I just give all praise to a lot. That's it. I don't have no other excuse. I can't explain it. It ain't, it's yeah. not a trick to it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You either, he either gives you that blessing to be able to endure or he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I agree. That's good. That's good. So I want to say real quick, I want to touch on that. You you were not released on clemency. OK, you were released on. Tell them better than I can tell them. It's the Fair Sentencing Act is what something that President Barack Obama implemented when he came into office. What he actually ran off of was three things. And that was the military, um, the insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, all that kind of stuff. And the prison system. Okay. Criminal justice so, reform. The, exactly. So mm-hmm. under the criminal justice reform, he came out with the Fair Sentencing Act. Fair Sentencing Act was an act that, that was passed due to the 100 to 1 ratio for drug conspiracy. Okay. Back then, for every one gram of cocaine, right, mm-hmm. you got charged with 100 grams of crack. If I got one gram of crack, it equivalents to 100 grams of cocaine powder. 
and who we would always say would get caught with powder and use powder, white people. Mm -hmm. So they would get the least amount of time. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? They can have a hundred, they can have a hundred grams and it'd be equivalent to one gram of crack that I got. So President Obama came in, he changed that. He made it 18 to one. He wanted it one to one. Uh But you know, in in our politics, that's a push and pull type thing. Sure. He wasn't able to get everything he wanted, but there are still people that are coming home right now today from what President Obama Wow. Say that again. (laughs) Just Mm. interesting to know because we've been hearing a lot of bashing after his time in office. And, you know, sometimes I just want to hear the things that he did do, especially for the individuals and the marginalized groups that experience so much um, Mm -hmm. systematically, too. You know, so, uh, yeah. All right. So let's move on. You've now started a nonprofit. Well, actually, let me take that back. Correct me. You started a nonprofit when you were incarcerated. Yes. Okay. And so that, but you also started working for the Bail Project, which is a a nationwide organization. Tell us a little bit about that experience and how the vision of your nonprofit came to you, the name of it, and how you began that work. Well, it began while I was locked up and I didn't really understand that I was already doing the work that I was destined to be doing Mm -hmm. when I got out here. So that made the transition easy as possible. Yeah. And I was thinking about starting a nonprofit while I was incarcerated because I want to have I wanted to have something that I could go home to to like okay. a stick stick to the program type thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't get like sidetracked and all that kind of stuff. So I never forget I was laying in my bed in West Virginia about a few months before I was released, uh-huh. and I was trying to think of a name that I could use, mm. and I came up with it and used it as an acronym and I just and it happened in less than five minutes yeah the the acronym and everything I did it and just came to me so I just knew that it just had to be something that was like electric Uh that's where the boat came from lightning boat because I wanted to send like electricity through your body so your logo is a bolt it's a fist with a bolt of lightning it's a fist with a bolt running through it Mm-hmm. Okay. And BOLT is an acronym. So tell us what the letters stand for. Well, the, the letter stands for Building Outstanding Lives Together. And mm-hmm. I, I know just like anyone else that, that would notice is that you can't do it alone. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what creed, where you're from, is that everybody has a part that they have to play in this, this thing called life, right? Yes. And it's just your job and your duty to figure out what part and what piece that you're going to play in life. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're dealt a hand. We are all vessels that the creator anoints us as mm-hmm. vessels. Mm-hmm. So we can be out here doing his work, yeah. spreading his love, you know what I'm saying? Nurturing his fruit, you know? So that's what, that's where it all came from for me. Okay. Just finding something that I could say that we could all do together. Right on. I know you You do a lot. You've got your feeding kids now since uh, COVID hit. You've been feeding children different day, times of days every week. You also are bailing people out of jail. So, so tell us a little bit about this organization. I mean, the acronym should tell us, but do you have any kind of connection to what exactly your mission is? And, and then that's how you know what direction you're going to go in for your work that you do? 
Well, at first, when I first came home, I always tell people that our mission was primarily targeted around formerly incarcerated people because I was someone where I am, someone that's formerly incarcerated and -hmm. deal with 45,000 different obstacles every day that I walk out my door that I have to face just to say that I'm human. Right. So in the beginning, primarily, that's what we were targeted at Mm -hmm. until you start doing this work Mm -hmm. and you start peeling the onion back. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different layers to it, right? Yeah. So what I, how I'm trying to shift the organization is that I want to be more or less that primary organization that can connect you to the resources that you would need to get by. Because we need a real fill okay. in the middle, right? Yeah. And we need someone of understanding that can not sympathize with you, but can empathize yes. with you, right? So that's what BOAT is starting to become that mm. organization that people are connecting themselves to when they need something. They say, well, damn, let me call Gemini and Project Boat. So it's starting to shift in that direction. And I'm enjoying that okay. because I've, dis- I've discovered that I'm good at making partnerships, yes. creating avenues yes. and ways to make come together. I'm good at that. So I, I couldn't agree that. more, man. I think you're doing the work that you are placed on this earth to do. I think that you had to experience what you had to experience so that you could do this work that you were placed Fast. on this earth to do. And so I'm just super excited for you. I, I'm following you I, guys. I just, I just gave him so much <laughs> praise because I saw a, about a couple of months ago on his social media that he's got this minivan now that has project boat wrapped around it. And, and it's all fancy and he, wow. I'm like, look at my brother go you are doing it, man. That is so incredible. So I like how you said that you, you're, you're understanding that your organization kind of is segueing due to what the need of the community is, right? And what you see the people need. And so I like how you thought to yourself, you know what, even though I set out for it to be this way and just this way, you, you said to yourself, nah, self, I'm going to answer the people of the community. They need some things. We need food for these kids that can't go to school to get their meals anymore. So you know what, I'm going to answer that call. That's outstanding. Outstanding, bro. It's just like we did with the situation when it comes to job opportunities, that we know that we needed more of a connection to help people find jobs. So what we're doing, and I'm going to lay, I'll lay it out to y'all right now, is that okay. while boat staffing is a, is a thing now, and we shall be trying to lay it out sometime this month, where now we are a staffing agency also to where we'll be able to help our loved ones in our communities to find jobs if that's what it is that they need and that they want. Because our thing is, Mm -hmm. ideally, we come into the community to find out your need. Yes. Not something that I want to implement on the people. That's right. But we know the need of having an opportunity to have a job is there. So -hmm. this is something that we can lay out in front of you if this is what you need. Good. Well, you know, I'm a talent developer and that's my space, talent acquisition. So let me know if you need some help with that recruitment work because I got you, brother. But I want to ask you this uh, before we go, because I want to educate the people a little bit. And then I want us to talk more about if there's anything that you wanted to share that Project Bolt is doing, then we can go back and talk to that. But while I have the attention of my viewers, I want to talk about this problem that we have. Okay. Aristotle said it good himself. He said, poverty is the parent of crime. You come from poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as many of your friends or your co-defenders and those individuals that you try to help every day, right? A lot of them come from poverty backgrounds or impoverished communities. So 
we know that poverty is definitely a big factor in crime happening, right? And and then these individuals then going to jail. So what do you think? Because this is really your space. I mean, I could sit here all day and say, well, I think this and I think that, but I'm not in the weeds like you every day. You know, so let, me, let me ask you this then before you yeah. go, because I see what you, I see the answers that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. First, let me make this statement. First law of the land is self-preservation. That's the first law that the creator gives you is that no matter under any circumstances in life, you're going to take care of Kim Ray by any means necessary. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about communities, right, yeah. is it true? Is it truly a crime against the individual that's committing the crime or is it a or is it a crime on this nation for not allowing good education, good housing. Thank you. Somewhere, something I, I was, I didn't get a chance to say that keyword education. You, you, honestly, you feel what I'm saying? That so to is me it, is the is root it, to it all. Is it, this is like a twofold thing. Yes, not it is. To take, not to take away if someone is committing a crime. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I want you Absolutely to Absolutely not. Absolutely but I just want not. you to have a, a, a holistic, mm-hmm. right? Organic mm-hmm. yeah. way that you look at this. Yeah. And don't be one sided when we view this situation. Right. Because on. we we can hold this nation accountable for all things yes. that happen in marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how you really let everyone know that it's not we're not negating that. It's, yeah, we're not negating that. Mm-hmm. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Yeah. The only thing I want you to do is have an understanding. Right. Because when you have an understanding of that. And you can have an understanding of the person that is accused of this crime that has been committed. Yeah. And then you can start, right? Yeah. And you can start and get showing some type of empathy because now you're, you're making a connection with this person. Right. Like you're this person of bonding. So that relationship is transcending. It's right. going upward, right? And once it starts going upward, trust factors come into place. And now we can really find out what's going on and we can find out what the root problem, cause of the problem is. That's good. That's good. So, so poverty, people living below the federal poverty threshold, they have more than double the rates of violent victimization than high income households. So if we think about it from what you just said, that means to me that there is probably not one resolution or one solution to this whole large problem of, in other words, I guess I wanted to ask you, what would you say would help the poverty, the income? Well, we, we know that, that there's a, a, a thing called systematic racism, right? Yes. That exists in this country to the fullest. This country was built off of racism. This country has it all its blood, sweat, and tears built off of racism, right? Yes. So first we have to say that. But the key element to what you were discussing when we talk about poverty, because like the quote that you stated, I believe the same way. I believe that poverty sits in the middle of a hub and you got all these, uh, what's the names coming off of the hub, right? Which is poor education, homelessness, mass incarceration, violence, you know, all things, drug addiction, alcoholism. All these things come off of poverty because if poverty is sitting in the middle, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. If I have a job somewhere to stay, right? Yes. Nine times out of 10, my life is going okay, uh-huh. right? So I don't have to be stressed out to the point to where I can say I need something to drink. Yeah. Well, my drinking starts off where I just drink in the morning time or I drink in the evening time 
then it leads to me being able to drink first thing in the morning. Right. right? right. Then it leads to me start saying, well, I need more to go with it. So I start getting high too. You, you're trying to, one, either you're trying to escape something or you're trying to create and be someone else nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Now, people have mm-hmm. other reasoning that they drink, but most of the time, those two things are at the top of the list. Yeah. So you start creating all these habits. When it all started from poverty. Poverty led for my son to go out here and rob somebody because we ain't had nothing in the house to eat and he wanted mm-hmm. to feed his brothers and sisters. Yeah. Now he's part of mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. Now he won't be able to get a house when he get home, get yeah. out. Now he can't find a job. Uh, so so all those things. And poverty starts, now I'm an alcoholic. Now, yeah. now I can't keep a job. Yeah. Now I'm losing my children. So poverty sits in the middle of that. And the one thing to me that needs to happen and needs to show more of that can kill that is love. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Love. Loving on human beings. That's mm-hmm. why I said what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Because we need to start recognizing that we all are humans. humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we are. So I believe that love uh, can, can cure all that. And we just don't show enough of it because we don't believe in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, for one, especially in the African-American community is that we've forgotten how to love ourselves. So mm-hmm. I most definitely can't love you if I can't love myself. Yeah, right. That's good. Okay. Well, so before we wrap up here, because, you know, I know you're busy and, and I had to stop you in your tracks to, to get you on the show today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made, this, I made this a special appointment. I, yes. I put everything on the back burner. I said, I'm not doing nothing till I finish this show. I know it. I know it. And we and we so appreciate you here at What's This Say with Dr. Kim Ray. I want to ask you, though, Gemini, before I let you go, is there anything sure. that you want to share with us that Project Bolt is doing or how they can contact and connect with Project Bolt and yourself or any final thoughts and shout outs or any discussion that we that you kind of wanted to share with us today that I, I've kind of breezed over and maybe didn't give you a chance to share? Let, let well, us know just, now. I just like to give a big shout out to everybody that supports Project Bolt to the fullest. Big shout out to my partnerships with the Panthers Players Association, the Hornets, Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, Triple C Brewery. Uh, I know it's somebody I'm forgetting, uh, so please just forgive me. It's a whole lot more I'm forgetting. But I also want to give a big shout out to a lot of organizations that's right here in my city that's putting in work, mm-hmm. like Team True Blue, Beauty After the Balls, For the Struggle, Block Love, UNNOC. These are grassroots mm-hmm. organizations that is putting in work. Mm-hmm. And I also like to make sure that, that people can get connected. Yeah. If you want to find out how you can get connected, look up Project Boat for Project Boat on Instagram. Project Bolt on Facebook and what am I forgetting? www.projectbolt.org. That's what it is. Yes. Got it. Exactly. Okay. So please look us up by any means, man. We got right now when we're doing a feeding program where mm-hmm. we're taking donations. Yeah. Uh, if you have our cash app is dollar sign NI617 and also on Venmo uh, projectbolt.com. So you know, try to look us up, man. If you can donate, if you can help out with feeding 85 kids a week, Monday through yeah. Friday. You know what I'm he, saying? I go doing out. A, a lot, y'all. He definitely, I've supported. You can support. Yes. Him. And then yeah. also we're doing things like, we're doing things like uh, 
now we're going into the court system, speaking on behalf of individuals. We're getting calls from the from the penal system itself saying that we got such and such coming home. How can you help? Like right. the organization is growing and we just basically That's- we're trying to create funds for operations. Yeah, that's a a lot like um, Dr. Madeline McClenney. She's got Exodus, Exodus. Yeah, the Exodus program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She she was a sentencing specialist where she kind of goes to the court and tries to either not give them any prison sentence at all or 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 get it to the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 great work. I I am so excited for you, not only for the work that you have been doing, but the work that you are going to do and the vision and the vision that you have. And I just pray for your success, brother, because, you know, it's 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 amazing work. And there's not enough of us out here that are passionate and that are empathetic enough to take their put their time into it. So excellent work. Keep it up, man. Keep keep that faith. Keep your strength. And don't let nobody tell you you can't do it, which I know you know because you tell me that the same stuff all the time. <laughs> but this time it's my time to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I want to give you a big shout out too, Kim, right? I watched you get your doctor's degree. I knew how hard yep. it was for when you was trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And now that you have it, I wish you all the success. And I want to tell you. you like I tell you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> don't let don't let your haters be your distraction. Let that be your motivation. I love you it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. keep pushing, keep striving. You're going to be successful. You ain't do all that in school for God just to drop you off and not use it. I so say just, that. Keep, just keep going. Your time, your lane is coming. Just Thank keep you. fighting and keep walking through the doors because he's going to open them for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gemini. Mm-hmm. This was such an honor to have you. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week and we'll be in touch real soon. I'm glad I made it. Thank you. (laughs) 